Real. My name is Sharday Goins. And I'm Caitlin Crutcher. And welcome to our first episode, The Black Effect, where we will be touching on Nike's newest face, Colin Kaepernick, Serena Williams, and the latest creation of innovative artist, Donald Glover. And we will also be introducing and interviewing L'Oreal Walker, the host of The Lowdown. So our show, Let's Get Real, is about issues happening around us today. We talk about certain circumstances and social issues and inspire the conversation. We want you guys to get talking, too. So tune in to hear about the latest relevant news and hear us discuss some major relevant and important topics. So first, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Um, one thing that we were really intrigued by was just Nike's new sponsorship of his entire message his message his face um the message behind Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling um so how do you guys feel about Colin Kaepernick and Nike sponsoring his message so my biggest thing with it is why now you know Colin's been doing this thing for a while now we all know his face we all know the kneel during the anthem and Nike's been saying that they've been supporting him throughout the entire thing but they're waiting until 2018, September, August, to just now speak up about it, it doesn't sound right to me. I feel that. I don't know. I mean, I think it was really impactful, though. I think that the overall, like, Nike's, um, the way that they crafted their commercial, the message behind it, I think it was really inspiring. Um, And I think it was inspiring for other businesses, too, to join in on the conversation um, in terms of like social issues that impact African Americans or minorities in general, uh, but I do think it was very, very late. A little late to the party. I agree. Um, but do you think it worked? Do you yes. think it helped? Do you think it actually inspired people? Do you feel like most people were like, "Oh, they're just showing off" or like doing it just for face or what? I think that yes, it was inspirational in that a lot of people, I think. That may not have been aware, although I don't know how you weren't aware, but may not have been aware <laughs> about what was going on in the world and seeing Nike, a large, it's got to be at least a Fortune 500 at this point, companies step up and say, hey, yeah, we are standing true. behind this man and his message. I think for that, it was definitely inspirational and definitely is going to be making ways for other companies to be encouraged to do so. However, with that, there was a backlash. We got to talk about that, too. Oh, yeah. there. Was, oh, my God. The fact that, I mean... I think it's crazy that people really, they burn their own clothes, I think. <laughs> got me. Like, at oh that point, God. Nike's already got your money. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of just a waste. Um, but they were that upset. And I, I don't understand how you can be that upset with a message like that, though, well, too. with that, I think we need to actually talk about what the message is. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks that were burning their Nike gear, whether it be the shoes while they're already wearing them, whether it be the sweatshirts <laughs> and the campfires whatever it may be I think they were standing against the fact that he may have been standing against the flag however he wasn't protesting flag he was protesting police brutality Mm -hmm. and by stand by not standing for the national anthem that was his peaceful protest which if I'm correct in the facts state that he got approval by an actual veteran to say that yeah that's how you can peacefully protest that that is respectful 
I did see that interview because at first he didn't. Um, he didn't, he know didn't what to kneel. Do. Yeah. At first he was just he just wouldn't stand up. He just sat down. Exactly. And then like I think there was a there had been a conversation, an interview, or something like that, and then that's when he decided to kneel. Yep. And so I think to talk about the folks that are burning their Nike gear, are you really burning your gear because you don't stand with Kaepernick in kneeling against the national anthem, or you don't stand with him? And saying that police brutality is an issue facing America right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with Nike as a brand. It's all about people burning their items and products because either they're bigots, they're prejudiced, uh, they have an issue with other people. That's why. But you look look stupid because you burning the shit. It's already on your foot. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So you're going to burn it off and it's on your foot too? Okay. Your foot got to go. Yeah. (laughs) You can't anthem either now like but I, I think that says that. a lot in itself though that people are going to extreme lengths and i think that people at nike are laughing because they're like our job is done like yeah. we, we've gotten to you that much that this is the length that you will be willing to go right. to we 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 accomplished what we set out to do mm-hmm. it, but i do i never thought of it um i never thought of it like that like dang why now why is nike but someone um i was talking about about this with Stevenson and uh, L'Oreal. Shout out Steve and L'Oreal. And we were talking about the same issue and they were saying like, well, why is Nike just now coming forward? Like, why are they just now deciding to take a stance? Exactly. And I had to think to myself, like, well, dang, you know, we've been wearing Nike for a minute. Like, a everybody you minute. know got something <laughs> Nike. Exactly. And they've never, ever said anything. But I think everything is so strategic and, and in business especially. I think that mm-hmm. people have to realize that business is a whole nother world and it's a whole nother realm and a lot of times it's nothing personal. It's just about, it's business. It's money. It's it, it's a lot involved. So I think that they capitalized off of this right here, right now because it would be beneficial be, yep. for them. I and I don't think that they had the balls to do it beforehand. When it really could have took a hit. Exactly. They could have took a hit yeah. for it. Yep. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, the business, the business perspective of everything is is so different. Like, yeah. you, everyone wants to think that we all have the same moral compass and we all like mm. feel the same way wish, about you know like life yeah. and and people's equal opportunities. But even businesses capitalize on whether you know people are doing wrong or whether people are doing right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely agree because had they done this when like when he got fired from the NBA or NFL, right? Yes, NFL, NFL. Yes, when he got fired, that that would have been a totally. I mean, that people probably still would have done the same things, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like it would have been a different kind of hit. Yeah, for Nike I at that too. point in time. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they still would have got. They still would have gotten the black support, mm-hmm. but I don't know that the black support would have been enough. It's because it's like people are changing the way. Yeah, people are. Cha- I think the movements are making waves, and so now it's becoming more acceptable for businesses or companies or people in higher up positions to say, "Okay, I feel this way about this social issue," mm-hmm. or I because usually they people just keep their hands off and they mm-hmm. won't touch it because either way whether they speak on it or they don't or if they speak on it the either side will have something to say you know what i mean the other yeah. side the opposing side so but aren't they saying something by not speaking up at all no. or by not speaking up in the I past so. as well yeah that's because I mean, they're saying something silence sends a message yeah. silence I mean, does text send back. Message. that's a message right there exactly <laughs> okay yeah i agree i think they're saying something morally but in a from a business standpoint that just means they're not saying anything at all it doesn't hurt them but it doesn't help them either mm-hmm. they don't gain that's extra support point. from a different group but they don't lose the support that they already have i think they were comfortable remaining neutral because like 
and not to say that, you know, we, the society now that we're living in is perfect and it's this and it's grand and it's gold because it's not. Mm. But I think that we live in a much more progressive era yeah, where things are accepted, like, you know, sexuality and, you know, just being yourself and being comfortable with who you are. And, um, you know, even the black community, we've we made strides and we still have a whole hell of a Oh, hell of a long way to go. (laughs) But, you know, so I think that that made them a little bit more comfortable. And the fact that, you know, we do have people that are in the public eye at the top of their game who are black businessmen and black businesswomen. Mm -hmm. So I think that just adding Kaepernick to the roster only made sense, like, in 2018 right now. True. I agree. I get that. I get that. So on to the next. Because didn't Nike also support Serena Williams? Yeah. So let's talk about Serena. Yep, they did. Um, so what happened with, uh, there was been a little buzz about Serena Williams in a game and she just lost her first game in what, how many years? Like seven, seven, maybe more years now. So what happened with that? I know, you know, a little bit more. I know a little bit, a little bit. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a reporter here, but, (laughs) um, from what I do know and from what I've read up on a little bit here, um, basically what happened, um, so Serena Williams and this other woman playing tennis against her, I, don't know her name, unfortunately. However, um, I do know they were both Naomi, two. It was Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So Serena and Naomi are going at it playing tennis. Um, Serena, um, they're playing the game, and Serena apparently makes some kind of comment um, during the game and makes a comment to the ref. Um, so in that, the ref claims, I believe, whether it be something she was playing and doing in the sport, I'm not a tennis person. However, I know. Um, apparently the ref essentially claimed that she cheated. Mm-hmm. And from that, Serena called him out on it. And with an entire, essentially her career is on the line in this, where one, a person has claimed that she cheated, so it's a testament to her character. And then also this is a very high-intense game, the game of tennis, and they're all like sports. So for her to be called out on those two factors, of course <laughs> she got a little upset about it. I'd be a little upset about it. If you say I'm cheating and I'm not cheating, Exactly. You're going to get upset. Um, and so she called him out on it and called him out saying, like, you should not be, like, challenging my character. You should not be challenging me this game. Um, unfortunately, Serena ended up losing because of this altercation and had to, um, I don't know what the whole tennis lingo is, but she lost the sport, lost the game because of the ref's call. Um, and this Naomi person ended up winning the game. And what was upsetting, I think, the most to me was that um, – Naomi, after winning this extreme, like, tennis match against Serena Williams, everybody knows who Serena Williams is. Not everybody knows who Naomi is. Mm. And she just won this game. And she was crying and apologizing for winning. That's messed up, you know? Mm-hmm. And Serena had to come in and say, like, no, you all need to be cheering for her. She played a great game and everything like that. But Imagine the humiliation and embarrassment. That's exactly. That's millions of people watching, thousands of people actually in that moment with you. Imagine how overwhelmed you have to be like mm-hmm. yes so with that so but the main problem that I think came about with the Serena Williams instance here is that she called out the ref and she mentioned to him and to some reporters and coaches and whatnot afterward and she was saying that you know if a different player Serena Williams if she had done the same thing in the sport she had said the same thing to the ref and a white man were playing the same game did the same thing to the ref he would have been passed a long pat on the wrist. Don't do that. And would have kept on playing and won the match. However, Serena Williams got 
just a lot worse of an outcome here and lost the entire game and had to apologize. Not apologize necessarily, but, you know, she had to encourage the person that she won. Mm-hmm. You know, and what kind of message is that saying? That, like, and there the were two standard. black women. There were that. two black like, women. You know? you know, it's like you can't even like have. It'd be one thing if you were like going against like the white man, you know, <laughs> but you're not in this instance. You're you're going against your own people. It just it... sucks to yeah to see like a negative outcome when it could have been like positive and more like a positive light shined on like exactly. black women in sports. And yeah, now it's it's become this altercation and this big like. Oh, Serena Williams cheated. Oh, she lost, and it was unfair. Or you know, it just it makes both of them. It puts both of them in um in a situation that they would probably rather not be in. Exactly. Um, I think Serena was trying to kind of clean that up a little bit. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, I, I do applaud her, like, cause it yeah, it, takes cause it takes a, a lot. It takes a strong person to, you know, I lost, but she won, and this is just as phenomenal as if I had won, so I'm going to mm-hmm. uplift her and kind of take her into my wing in this moment because they were the crowd was booing her. So imagine how that has to feel. Like, yeah. dang, I, I, I won, and I really can't, I can't sit in this. I can't even mm-hmm. enjoy this because it's like it's damn near being taken away from me because they, they didn't want me to win. It's like you the know? Kanye and Taylor Swift thing. With, yep. with yeah. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but Like, it's the same thing. I, I mean, Taylor her. Swift, she... Beyonce should have won, but yeah, I was gonna say I don't agree with that one. No, hold on. I mean, Beyonce should have won, but Kanye didn't have to yeah, be Taylor. Like, yeah, he's know? outrageous with his response. He, you know, it's yeah. a, it just I felt bad for her. I really <laughs> felt bad for Taylor. Everybody, I was cracking up. I'm not gonna hold you. Oh, oh man, really, I kind of felt bad for Paul Taylor. T Swizzle, man, oh, shout, out. shout out, shout out T Swizzle. Not T Swizzle. <laughs> that's my girl. You know, that's my girl. I, <laughs> I like to hear the guitar strum a couple times. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> like she got it. She's my girl. Not really, but you know she she can hold it down. She's not welcome to the cookout, but I'm through. <laughs> she tried to remix the Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Yeah, she that did. Kinda, that, oh lord. Yeah, she lost her invitation after that one. I'm sorry. Yikes. She ain't never had mine. <laughs> Man, you should hear teardrops on my guitar, man. I'm telling you. I'm about to look it up. No, the best one was definitely. Which one? What was that song? How you sing it? That Romeo and Juliet song. Yes, I love the video. It was a good. What was the one where she was sharing notes with the guy across? Yeah, that was me. That was me. Romeo and Juliet. I like that one. She played both people. Her acting she did. Yeah. She did. Yep. Underrated. She did. I want to yeah, see that video was top notch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, enough about sports. Now we are going to get to our special guest. So Loria Walker um, is the host of her own radio show called The Lowdown. Um, and last year, I know, well, last school year, an incident happened um, with her radio show. And we just brought her on the show to talk a little bit more about it. So could you tell us a little bit about what happened and um, your course of action, I guess? Sure. Um, first off, thank you for inviting me. I'm very proud Aww. of you. I'm very proud of y'all for doing this. I, I just I love to see, you know, people actually going out and getting what they want to do or just trying something out. I think that's amazing. Um, so, um, so I started the lowdown my sophomore year mm-hmm. here at Central. And I originally, I was anchoring for new central 34 shout out to rick sykes um and that was that was that was fun that was cool i learned a lot i learned how to write i learned how to you know read a teleprompter and do this and do that 
But I was doing it. I didn't really love it. And I'm like, oh, I'm just in here reading, looking nice. <laughs> but um, I always had an interest in radio. So mm-hmm. while I was an anchor, I was DJing on the side. So um, I was a DJ for the format, which was at the time Mountain 101, the Summit of Sound. It was like an alternative format, like Adele, James Blunt type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually they changed the format reluctantly to uh, a hip hop and R&B station. So I was ecstatic. Right. So I was still DJing when they changed the format. I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've learned about myself that I can like kind of outgrow things that I do. Like, okay, I've done this. I've learned all I can learn. What's next? Okay. All right. I'm done. All right. So um, I'm like, all right, well, I want my own radio show. Why can't I do that? So I filled out the app and I sent it in. I was like, all right, this is what it's going to be about. And I just always looked up to people who had a voice and who kind of created their voice so they could give a platform to other people because I believe that we can't live in a world if you don't, you know, open up your mind to different perspectives and, you know, ways of life and things like that. So I was like, I'm going to create this show about hip hop and it's going to be based on hip hop culture. And I'm trying to be like Sway Calloway, Angie Martinez, and I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. So... Um, yeah, and it was it was amazing. It was super fun. I enjoyed doing it. And the only time slot, I did not want this. Um, if, if anybody remembers, like, people that I used to have one, I used to be interviewing y'all, my co-hosts, y'all know we used to be in there Tuesday, 10 p.m. It was so late. And I did not want that time slot, but it was the only one that they had open. So it just stuck. So it was like, all right, Tuesday at 10, low down. Y'all know we're going to be in here and we record. So um, this one particular night, we were in the station and you know going on how we usually do is me my co-host Stevenson Altador um Daniel Square we just call him Square he started off as our videographer and our uh photographer and then he we got him on a mic we convinced him to get on a mic um then it was L'Oreal Nix and she was also a co-host and Chance Tinsley and DeMarco and um it was it was a bunch of people me as a little just have people coming in and out because I wanted it to I wanted the lowdown to have that feel like this is safe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this is somewhere you could come. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be something that you're not. When you come through that door and you see Lo sitting in there, we on. You know, you <laughs> could just be you. And I created that space because it was like, I needed that. I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go. I originally wanted to go to an HBCU. And that tuition was steep. I'm like, oh, 20000 looking Okay. <laughs> so, um... I ended up here and it it worked out fabulously because I met so many different people. So this one particular night we were in there and um, just carrying on how, how we usually, how we usually do and talking about everything from, from hip hop culture, uh, politics, social justice. A lot of times we would have different organizations come on um, like take back the tap and SGA, Emily Jones, she would come on every now and again and just talk about different things. So we were doing that on this one particular night. It was Tuesday around I want to say we were wrapping up. So it was around like, it was almost 11, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I was also at the time the music director of 101.1 The Beat. And um, I was working tirelessly, tirelessly to to get the music in there that I thought, you know, needed to be heard and people needed to. And man, was it rough. It's, it's so many different nooks and crannies you got to go through to get this music in there. So we were doing that. So I brought Stevenson in as my um, assistant pro music director. So we will always be in there getting music in and out, this, that, and the third. And this one particular song that we put in there, um, I still love the song to this day. It's a song by Jameson called Drinking. Mm-hmm. So in the song, he says the word shit. 
at the time it was recorded into the software, I didn't know that it was the explicit version. Mm. Mind you, shit isn't the worst word that you can possibly say. But okay. So um, that plays. I didn't, you know, we all laughing and ha-ha, and no one really picks it up. So then the show wraps up, and um, my operations manager, right, I mean, like, right after it was over, I couldn't even get out of the studio good enough. And he's like, L'Oreal, there was a song that played in the 10th hour that uh, said the S word. And I'm like, okay, calm down. I'm sorry, you know, didn't mean for it to happen. I'll go take it out right now. So that I go take it out that same night. It's out of the system. You don't have to worry about it. Don't sweat it. <clears throat> so long story short, he's like, all right, we need to figure out why this happened. Um, meet me in my office tomorrow. He's like, when are you free? I told him I was, you know, free around three, I think. And we ended up meeting that it was a Wednesday. We ended up meeting Wednesday at 5 p.m. in his office. So 5 p.m. rolls around. And I'm keeping everybody abreast of what's going on because, I mean, at this point, like, if you were a part of the lowdown, like, you were family. Like, that's fam. So I was letting everybody know what was going on. They're like, all right, cool, Lola, we got you. So I meet and I go and sit in my operations manager's office. And um, uh, so, yeah, it was it was him and I. And then my program director at the time was also in there, which I, I didn't know he would be in there. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go and I sit down. And long story short, he kind of just he was like, um, you know, we can't have this happening you're the music director. How could you let this happen? Um, you know, kind of like you, this is your job. How could you let this slip? And I'm like, okay, first off, I'm not getting paid for this. This is technically a volunteer position. Um, secondly, mistakes happen. This is why we're all here to learn at a learning institution. So mistakes should be made so you can learn from them and do better the next time. I said, and I, I conveyed that to him, and I wasn't rude or disrespectful at all. I said what I had to say. I meant what I said, and I, and I said what I said, and he didn't like it. So he was like, well, I mean, yo, you could take this, um, you know, you could go over my head. Oh, I will. So then I'm on it. The next day, I email uh, the, the chairperson of the BCA department. So I didn't, I didn't specify, you know, what I wanted to sit down and talk about it. Just say, you know, hey, if you have some time, I just wonder if, you know, we can sit down and talk. I just wanted to talk to you about something. So that was Thursday. She says, okay, I have time Friday. This is all within the same week. So Friday morning, Friday at 8 a.m. was her open, that was her open time. Okay, cool, I'm there. So it was me and um, I had a bunch of friends, uh, one of my really good friends, Miles, he came with me, my good friend Josie and Square and, Stevenson and L'Oreal and Chance, just everyone came with me, you know, for support because they know how much this means to me. Like, this. Right, so not to cut you off, but yeah. so at this point, they already had told you that you weren't going to be able to do the show. Correct. Um, so, so they told you that you couldn't do the show that very, that next night. Or, that, yes, in so that like, meeting. With next, my like, literally the next day. Wow. Literally the next day. Okay, wow. Didn't even give you 24 hours. He didn't even sleep. He didn't really sleep on it. He, didn't really he probably took like a nap about it. <laughs> and I think he kind of made his mind up when it happened. And in my heart, I feel like that is more to it. There's got to be. Because you're not just going to kick somebody off. He was like, um, you know, and in the meeting, he told me, he's like, we're going to have to take away your show and your keys. Keys meaning like the keys. Because I was the music director. Yeah. And I really didn't even care about that part because that was something that, okay, you could have. It's already on the resume. You can take the keys. 
I wasn't worried about that. I was more so concerned about my show because this was something that I myself had built up. You know what I'm saying? Like when you do something yourself and you study for a test, when you do anything on your own, you take pride in that. And you mm-hmm. take pride knowing that I did that and that took hard work and I had to reach out to these people because at that point I had had people coming up from like the city area, like Detroit, come in two hours just so they could be a part of my show. And that felt so good to be able to have that happen. Like that was a blessing. So for you to feel like you can you can take this from me, like you didn't help with none of this. I'm just using this as a plat. I just need somewhere to talk. That's mm-hmm. all I'm here for. So for you to do that, I'm like, okay, that's what really hurt. So then I kind of have the same conversation with the chairperson of the BCA department. Boy, oh boy, was it even worse. I mean, it was almost, and I, and I realized too, because when we got there, now mind you, in the email, I told her I just wanted to sit down with her. I walk into her office and I see my operations manager coming in too. And I'm like, what the and everyone who was with me was like, why is the operations manager here? Mm. I'm like, that's a setup. Yeah, like that's a whole setup. Yeah, we didn't discuss that. No. You, you're supposed to at least ask me if I was comfortable with that. Because exactly. how do you know I wanted him in the room? You right. know how do you, you know like that's that's wrong. That's disrespectful. I take that as disrespect. So I see that. Okay, duly noted. And I go in there, and everything that I had explained to him when I was sitting in his office, I explained to her, and you could just see it was kind of like just talking to a wall. Like, it was almost as if she made her mind up already. And a few things that stuck out to me was, now, mind you, I had, like, five people with me. Mm-hmm. She goes, um, she was like, she was like, and if you think that it's, like, funny, you know, people have been emailing us. I didn't, I come to find out, people were emailing her, like, upset about the show not being here, like, and I found out later after that, me, like, I saw some of the emails. People were like, how could you do this? Like, da-da-da-da. Mm. And they were upset. I didn't have anything to do. I can't control what people do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's not on me. If that's what, if that's how they feel, that's how these people feel. So mm-hmm. you can't be upset with me. You should be upset with yourself. So, and I'm like, for, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then she was like, well, if you came here to protest, um, you can do it. I'm like, are protest? you kidding me? I wasn't. I didn't even come there on that. I wasn't even you in that mind. You just said no. that you wanted to have a conversation. Right, with her. And, yeah. right. I'm like, I didn't even. And didn't come even in say what it was like about that. at all, at all. But she already knew because yeah. that's she, why she had. Old and that's dude why in she, there. Yeah. exactly. She mm-hmm. he yeah. probably honestly he probably had a conversation with her. Uh huh. You connecting the dots now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what there I was, was doing. A conversation that. Yeah. he had. Mm-hmm. He took what you said. Yeah. Brought that a different message to her and painted a whole different story. I'm like, okay. Oh, I was offended because I'm like, how could you say that I would be in here to protest when I came in here? So first of all, I was very apologetic. And I said, I would never do anything to jeopardize what I do, the station or anything like that, because I'm doing this for a reason, because I love it. I'm not just doing it. No, like this is something that I really love. So if a mistake happens, all right, let's fix it. I'm sorry. Let's move on. That's how it should have been. And um, she was just like, you know, we can't have this, FCC rules and regulations, and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, this is just a bunch of, just a bunch of mess. It's a bunch of BS. And I just couldn't believe it. So um, I had to hand my keys over, and I I was so overwhelmed with emotion and everything. I couldn't even, I had my keys on my lanyard, and I was sitting um, in front of Michelle, who's, uh, she's like the receptionist in the BCA office. Amazing. She's always been super nice to me. 
And my friend Miles just he he took the keys from me, and I just had to go to the bathroom and just gather myself because I'm like, oh no, because I wanted to do one thing, but I couldn't, you know. So I had to go to the bathroom and just gather myself for a minute, like, okay, okay. And I took that into consideration. I said, all right, protest. I wasn't even thinking about that, but since you said it, that kind of sounded like a nice idea. So really. The protest came about Gazelle. She gave me the idea, so she's really the one to thank. Um, I was I was not even thinking about that, but I'm like, you know, this would be the perfect opportunity for me to just give a visual of of what you done did, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So that was that was really where, where that went, and basically, you know, the lowdown. It's not gonna stop. Um, something I I've learned, and it was a huge huge learning experience just talking to family and friends and just everybody that supported it. And then I started a petition that like almost 500 people signed, which was, I mean, the whole process, I was like, at one point I was crying tears of sadness. At one point I was crying tears of joy, like, oh, you know, and then all this stuff happened. And then I got um, an amazing internship in Traverse City. I was the music intern for the festival. So that was an experience in itself. Um, just a lot of, a lot of blessings actually came out of it. And then I went back home and I still continue the lowdown through um, a radio station back home. So, I mean, everything happens for a reason, but the situation just could have been handled in a completely different way. And I think it's very apparent now because, you know, they tried to paint this picture of, oh, well, she's this and she's that, but none of that matters, you know. And the truth is the truth, and the truth is going to come out sooner or later. So, And I've been telling the same story since it happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what that is. Okay, well, it definitely sounds like you went through a little roller coaster ride. Um, <laughs> yes, a little, I, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's true. I did. I was thinking about that when I said little, but it was. It was definitely a roller coaster ride, and I'm sorry, but I am glad that you found um, a lot of different opportunities um, and a way to come out on top. Still, mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunate that Very. you know we have to deal with those issues, but I definitely think that. It could, on your end, like, you handled it the best way that you possibly could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what matters Thank at the you. end of the day. So um, I know the lowdown is going to be somewhere. Thank you. Yes. And I will be listening. Yes, it will be. Um, because I agree. It was a, gr- a lot of people. A lot of people really enjoyed your show. I my friend was on your show. Um, I think you interviewed Royce. Um, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! But um, it's definitely it's glad to see that you are really fighting for what you want and oh, the things you. that you love and that you care about. Um, so we are right here with you. Thank you. Um, it means the world to me. But yes. So, talking about music and the lowdown, um, if you guys don't follow her on Instagram, please do so. Do you have an do, Instagram handle? Yeah, do you, does I, the lowdown have I'm always deleting it because I can be in stories. I'm like, okay. But no, I do have an Instagram. It's just, um, it's underscore L-O-R-I-E-L-L-E. And then another underscore. It's just my name with an underscore in the front and, and a back. In back. Cool. Um, I guess we should have created... Uh, an account for the lowdown but you know one thing about the lowdown like it was I I jumped into it head first so I was mm-hmm. just like I just I was so excited I just really want to do this and I just really want to you know have people on I wasn't even thinking about like oh social media and pushing marketing, stuff and marketing yeah. and promoting and it that's and, crazy that you, you know, got so big got though even so without much. so many people so. listen to your show without even like yeah, all the extra that's new. crazy to me like I came on campus and I was just like lowdown 
okay. <laughs> like, even, even if people didn't know what it was, it was just, like, people yeah. said it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Thank you. It was <laughs> Thank just like, you. The Lord, it, was, it was part of CMU. And it, I think it, even if it's not here now, it will always be a part of CMU. So, like, they say, put your stamp on the world. You did it. <laughs> you did Boom. it. Boom. Boom. Right Boom. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer, boop. It's a thing. Right. That, I, I that's Caitlin's that. word, guys. I've been saying it for the past couple um, weeks. Oh, you, you say my real whole name. I forgot about that. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, but speaking of music and great radio shows and great artists and people pushing um, great messages, we come to Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish. Gambino. Okay? <laughs> yes. I That's love Donald Glover. Oh, you, you were staying? You were staying oh, up in here? Okay. Oh, oh, Gambino, he can go by but, any name he wants. But he's really a genius, though. Uh, like, he is a... His mind. Musical, <laughs> artistic, like... Being. Just genius. <laughs> <And surpasses, laughs> he surpassed me. Like, Charles like, Gambino, Donald Glover, whichever name you met him under... <laughs> Um, whether you started out with him on Community, you know, whether you picked him up that show. in music. Atlanta. Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you just got hip to him now with his little summertime EP. I'm sorry you late to the party, but welcome. You know, like, <laughs> that man, I think, has changed a lot of people, especially with the recent one he dropped mm-hmm. this past summer with This Is America. I agree. Because, Wow. So, yes, this is America. We actually talked about that um, in class today. Um, just the social uh, the social issues and the implications uh, or the repercussions of his visuals along with the lyrics in his song overall. Um, so... What what do you guys think about This Is America? Like, how? What was your first impression when you first saw, did you watch the music video first, or did you just hear so the song? For me, first of all, I don't watch videos unless it's on Twitter. I'm so <laughs> I'll own that. Um, and you know, I know myself; it's fine. So I heard the song at first at work. Actually, don't ask me why I was playing at work, but it's fine. Um, so I heard it, and I was like, okay. At first, I was like, oh, this is a cool little, this sounds like childish, and that little gunshot went off, and I was <laughs> so like, this, this is cool not little? childish. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, you know, and listening to it that way, I got a little overplayed at work. I wasn't happy about it, um, but people really vibe with it, and then I saw the video probably like a week or two afterward, mm-hmm. and I was like, hold up, childish. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> and um, I think, honestly, it was brilliant. What he did, I think that... To me, the biggest takeaway from it was just like the juxtaposition and way in the way that he delivered the video and the music mm-hmm. and just the overall message that I received. It may not have been the one he was sending, but the one that I picked up was <laughs> fantastic. Can we do like a little like intro? Like, play the song? We could probably play the song in a little clip. So let's hear yeah. it. <laughs> like, can we yeah, do that? Yeah, that'll be sweet. Can we play the song in a clip? Uh, no. Oh, because oh, it's, it's got, is it right? a that, That's going to be really hard to get around this time. Oh, yeah. Dang. Okay. So if you haven't seen or heard the song, there's this fancy new device out called YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> Through. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, his song, um, This Is America. So when I first saw This Is America, I had no idea what I was watching. 
Like, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> I was like, yes, but what? What is going <laughs> 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 yeah, on? Um, but I was, I was all in all really just shocked. So, first of all, I'm late to the party, okay? I'm always tardy to the party. I never, <laughs> like, Tarty everyone's talking about Donald Glover and This Is America. I'm like, what's that? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. Um, so, someone told me about this music video, and they're like, oh, no, you have to watch this right now. I'm like, right now, you, right now, you have to watch this video. So I'm like, okay. And so they're sitting there watching it with me, and they're just like, you know how when you watch, or when you've seen something, and you know how it's going to be, and how people react. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And you be looking for yeah, people you to like, yeah. reaction, like, you better think this funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how it was. But so I was just watching it, and I was just shocked. I was just so shocked, like from from the beginning to the end, mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of a moment of wow, like he really just he did, did that. He did but that. what he did, did he do? do. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk so, about it. So yeah, so I actually ended up watching a breakdown of the video. <laughs> Come on, that's yeah. you gonna say that? Yeah. Yeah. Say that. Yes. Somebody <laughs> told, they told me my friend told me to watch a, a breakdown of the video because you know as a I feel like as a black person and just watching the video you can't, you know what he was going for mm-hmm. but on at the first time watching it like you didn't pick you up on the messages mm-hmm. like you didn't a lot. so much yeah, clues because and, yeah. he mm-hmm. literally encompassed so much into that one song um so what I guess what were some of the things that whether you had to watch it once or you know couple, three times you feel three. you know two three times what was the like the big um issues or like messages that you kind of got from his video so for me at least I think it was the fact that you had to watch it a couple times to yeah. really get it I think that was a big part of it because when you think about the video when you first see it you're like okay he's dancing all these kids come up and they're dancing. Okay, cool. They're doing some kind con- I could do that dance. Okay, I could do the shoulders. Okay. You know, you're watching it. And then you start looking in the background like, hold on, was that was that a horse? Right. The- <laughs> What are they? What are they doing over there? Did he just? Did he jump? What? But then you know? he's in the front the and whole time too. And he's in the front. And he's capturing your attention. I really appreciate how he did that. And I think, um, in my opinion, at least, what I gained from it, like I said, the message received, not necessarily the one sent. But I think it was definitely a commentary on how people look at news media. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that he held our attention because he was singing the song and he was doing the fun dances and everything. It's sort of like, okay, shoulders, singing. I can do that. I can pay attention to this. Um, But you didn't notice all the fun stuff that was happening in the back. That was a real message behind it. And I think media does a lot of similar things where, you know, they post, okay, Kim K's doing this. Kanye did that. Um, You know, all the celebrities that we know, you know, that living room, dining room names that everybody knows in every household. Mm-hmm. And they put that to the front. You know, who's having whose baby? Like, all that fun stuff. And forget about Flint. you forget about right. Flint. About... You forget that people are, children are in cages. You forget that there's a wall. Is there a wall? You forget that people aren't being allowed into our country. You forget about the discussions being held with the United States and Korea. Mm-hmm. You forget about Brexit. You forget about the national debt that's growing. What matters. Right. You forget about what matters. In the United States, X, Y, and Z, the pipeline. We said, don't do the pipeline. A year later, we sent the people to clean up the pipeline because that bad boy burst. And it did the exact same thing that we said why it shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But we're over here talking about the celebrities and who wore what. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just a capturing moment. Yeah. yeah. Like how much we really get distracted by exactly. the unimportant aspects exactly. of like social media. Exactly. And in general. And it's so easy to as well. I mean, media, they're doing their job. They're focusing. They're having us focused on what they want us to focus on. Mm-hmm. Props to it. Um, But I think Glover was trying to really highlight that when he did the video in that format. Yeah, you know, I agree. That was really a big thing that so going back to the breakdown. Um, thank you, you YouTubers out there that do stuff like that. Seriously, <laughs> um, because I would be lost without you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so back to the breakdown, like I noticed that. So even in class now, it's kind of so it's a very popular song. It's a very popular video. I um, mean, you would expect that people would know it. People, you know, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or I know he was talking about this. Or da, da, da. But you would be surprised at how many people still don't understand or mm-hmm. know what they were watching. So Hell, um, I, I'm still a little confused. I'm be yeah. honest with you. I'd, I've only watched it. I watched it when it first came out. And I usually don't do this because I'm... I have to be in the mood to like listen to something or I just like I, I, I don't want to watch or listen while everyone else is because I want to get my own kind of you know I want to intake it on my own. So when I when it came out, I'm like, OK, let me click on this link. And I'm, I was confused. I, I second that I, I understood. I felt like I understood where he was going. Mm-hmm. But then when the video ended, I didn't necessarily understand where he ended. So I think that was the confusing part. And then as I started to sift through all the tweets and uh-huh. the videos and uh, just like the random Google searches and things like that, it became clear that he was using a lot of just a, a lot of different. History. Yeah, a lot of history. Oh, and there was something about. Um, I mean, y'all know how they do blackface and stuff like yeah. that. And they, mm-hmm. What's what's the little picture where Jim Crow? Not not that, but he has. Oh, the menstrual. menstrual. Oh, the menstrual some, some, Yeah, yeah, Yes, yes. <laughs> I yes. landed on it. Okay. Yeah, and we even learned about that in one of my broadcast classes, and they would... So it's just, when he brought that into the play, I was like, oh, okay, you incorporated that, and yeah. then it was just so many other things, and then he was walking, and you saw the children. They they were shot dead. And then mm-hmm. um, standing on top of the car. I mean, it was, it was a lot of just different nuances and things that took place. I... I can't even touch yes. on all of it, but um, I did not see that. Yeah, see the, like, chil- the at- children died. Yes. Yeah, they were dancing, and then that you know how it, like that shoots off again, and then it's like boop, bye, bye kids. Wow, yeah. and that's a story yeah. in itself, isn't it? Just like one little part, this one little flicker, and then he has another, and then it's another, and then it's like so it's just it's and a there lot. Was so much there was wow. so so much. I didn't even know that, and see, I- yep, that's exactly what we talked about today, and um. In class, and we were just kind of like, so I know we kind of broke it down because yeah. um, someone was like, well, I I really don't know what I just watched. I have no idea. <laughs> <You're moved. laughs> I am lost. Uh, yeah. But no. so I think that one thing, well, in the beginning, so in the beginning and, you know, he turns around, he's got his shirt off, he's making all these weird faces and, you know, um, and then... He strikes this pose before he kills the guy in the in the little um, in the hat. And so when I looked that up and watched the watched the breakdown, essentially they were kind of talking about how um, the exaggerated faces and movements is kind of like how black people have been portrayed through mm-hmm. media through time. Um, and then his pose was a visual, like, representation of Jim Crow. Right. Um, and I thought that was pretty, like, you That's know, because it's, it's so subliminal. It so, yeah. You know what I mean? But it makes you think. And I also think one major thing that kind of worked is the fact that it made you want to dig and sift for more. <laughs> right. Like, you know what, what I mean? the hell did 
because <laughs> you know a lot of times it's like, social yeah. issues yeah like people don't want i think that's the major issue is getting people to talk about the things that they don't want to talk about or to mm-hmm. learn about and to educate themselves like you know mm-hmm. that's our goal right yeah. it's our purpose is to educate so when people know about things that you know better you do better you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um but it made you want to figure out what he was talking about like i have to understand this because i don't but i do you right. know, so um, I think that it was really successful, I guess, in that way. Do you guys feel like it? the message um, that he sent? And then what were the other messages, too? I know he had um, someone mentioned in class as well that if you notice every time he shot someone or every time he had a gun, when he was done with it, he would put it in the hands of someone else in this red um, with a red cloth. Mm. And Little so things. that's kind of, that yeah, that and that was kind of to symbolize, like, how people care more about their guns and oh. the safety of their also, guns. Oh, now we, we talk about gun control. control. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. here we go. Yes. Here we go. No, and we so, can talk so, about so, that. That's another thing to unpack. Oh, we you can know, talk about but that. But that was there. That was there. And, and every it, time, I every time he now shot. Now that you mention it, There was a hand with a red, with a red. I don't remember the red, but I remember him hand. There was a red cloth. It was handed off. And they would hand, take the okay. gun and, you know, and so it kind of just talked about how it symbolized that people are caring more about, you know, guns and gun control mm-hmm. and then the people that, are, the people that are being killed, killed by, by the guns. Yep, because and the guy the but we that got that, killed though. got dragged off. He just mm-hmm. disappeared. And then when he shot the the choir, which also happened to be the same number of people, it was a di- direct relation to the incident down south. Oh, my goodness. Um, Deep that <laughs> the, this man the dug were, yeah. deep. I'm yes. telling you. First off, side note: if you ain't know now, I'm through. Donald Glover, he's a genius. Yeah, watch the video. Okay, but back yes, to and so, but you didn't even see what happens to the choir at the end. You know, like mm-hmm. he kills them all, but you don't and see then, what happens. And to you, them. they just it just they frames just disappear away and it's gone. And you know, and it, you forget about it exactly. And I think that's so. Oh my! It's goodness. a literal it's, representation of what happens after major so events. And I think that's like such a big thing too, because you know, every time there's some event that happens with guns. Hashtag couple weeks. It's a hashtag. And then they disappear. And I think that there needs to be a different system in place where people's names aren't just added to a list of hashtags that get, yeah, they'll get thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe a couple million retweets or tweets and mentions and all that fun stuff. And it's great that like their name is getting out there, but what happens Mm -hmm. to it afterward? You know, it's, you know, it's part of it. The name is important, but what about the people that are still here that have to kind of, remember this day and pick up the pieces you know i always i think about parkland in that where you know those kids however many there were you know that's the thing how many were there because how many shootings have we had already is like in school countless Mm -hmm. exactly you know to say all their names we'd be here like the rest of the night you know (laughs) and that's like an unfortunate reality that we live in and that we don't remember all their names and it is really up to the people that unfortunately have to live with that to kind of make people remember so that, you know, we aren't just worried about, like, the gun that shot them and making sure that's put away safe and it's got its rights. and Because, you know, now that. they're talking about having teachers carry guns. They're talking about teachers carrying guns. They're they talking need to about throw that away. putting, you okay. know, certain locks on doors. They're trying to have um, different ways to call it's the like police. It's like you're placing the, the issue in, in, <laughs> in their the classroom. Yeah. Right. Like, because what happens if a teacher is... Has a bad day. Has a 
the teacher not gonna have a bad day. You never, you literally never. Well, I mean, what are they? I mean, what if it just goes things. off accidentally? Yeah, because yeah. like, like that's the thing. And that's what if the it thing. wasn't locked? What if it wasn't secured? Yes. Anything? What or if a, a kid, kid bumps it over and it goes like them? What? That, what do you do? Because that's what happens in household shootings nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a matter or of a it, kid even finds if you have a gun in high school. And you know, people are kids are more adventurous when they're in high school and would be more likely to have an issue arise. You know, and there's um, there's a story my mom told me back when I was like years ago but so it's like these kids are at a party right it's like one of her former students awful mm-hmm. story um and they're kids being kids and a parent had a gun in the house and whoever's kid like whoever's house it was they knew it was there but they're all like it's not loaded let's play around with it let's like point the gun at people and let's you know make a joke out of it and the gun went off and it killed someone mm-hmm. and he thought it was a toy and it was kids being kids playing around with something that was not a toy you know, yeah. and so things like that happen. And, you know, he obviously like things happen and obviously he's in a place where he whatever that happened. But but it's the you know, point it's is the, that, yeah, it shouldn't be placed in, it you know, shouldn't be in the hands of people who shouldn't be handling them. Yeah, you know what I mean, they shouldn't go, be in reach. I agree. If you wanted to go a step further, I mean. The idea, like, I kind of see, I see where they're coming from with the whole mindset of, okay, well, teachers need to be able to protect their students and this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. All right, I get that concept. But to have a a gun in the hand of each teacher is outlandish. How about you put it maybe, yeah, maybe, I don't know, put it in the principal's office and give him a holster to stick up underneath the counter so if anything happens or goes awry, he can, Mm. pow. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's put a little bit more thought into it. You can't just just, have 30 teachers walking around with a gun because it's something that's bound to happen. And then Mm -hmm. you got to take into account the fact that um, police officers walk around with guns all the time and what they deem to be life-threatening may not actually be life-threatening so and officers of the law have certain training now do we have to have all teachers go under a similar training and is that Mm going to mean that a teacher with the same training as a police officer is not going to see a student have their life threatened and he's really just like reaching in his bag for a stick of gum and you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. Like, you mean, po- like, putting or imposing so that teachers now with this gun have to have these same responsibilities that exactly. law enforcement does and then have the same issue arise with law enforcement and weapons and students with teachers. I could see that. Right. You know, and I could see that. I remember several teachers Because just up, of sheer, just, like, t- fear. Fear. Of, you know? Fear is not knowing different. what what's you know what the situation could possibly exactly. turn into, or um and even I I could see that for sure, especially if you know like even though t- people try to say the teachers don't pass judgment, but we all know that there are sometimes like that one kid that people might think mm-hmm. is like ah it's human nature like, yeah it's human nature it's to, it to it judge is, people and really you could really get that you could get that fear and stuff self. from from just simply having having the weapon on so you. So why even make that a possibility that something could go left? You know, why would you even... I agree. Don't even yeah. I think we, people in general and like with law enforcement and laws, we really just need to think about the kind of situations that we're placing it's ourselves simple. into. Right, yeah. You know, and really thinking about what we can do to combat certain situations without creating even larger situations exactly. to deal with. Um, but... Thank you, Lo, for coming on the show. Thank you for having Um, me. I definitely just want to thank you for being here. Everybody definitely follow her. We shouted her out a little earlier. I think Um, I was actually thinking, like, do I have one? But um, my friend Kira made a Twitter a while ago. So we have a Twitter, uh, but we don't have an Instagram. So it's the lowdown with two underscores. So it's T-H-E-L-O. 
down with two underscores on Twitter. So Okay. And you thank it. you guys for tuning in. We are out of time for today, but catch us next week on Let's Get Real. I'm Shar. And I'm Kate. And we will see you next time. 